Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Nourished Woman podcast. I am so excited to be here with you guys and sharing tons of information and stuff that I'm passionate about. So if you don't know me, my name is Gabby Borgerink. I'm a holistic nutritionist, and I'm very passionate about women's health. If you came from my Instagram, then you know this. I share tons of information over there. If you haven't um, followed my Instagram or you can't, didn't come from there, it is gbhealth underscore wellness. So you can follow me there for more information and tons of educational posts. But Today we are going to dive into the history of the birth control pill and kind of talk a little bit about that and how it impacted women in the workplace and this whole anti-birth control movement that's happening and my stance on that and my thoughts. Uh, As we know, I'm very passionate about this topic. I have my coming off the pill course that helps women that are coming off the pill wanting to balance their hormones and support their bodies better. So I'm really just about pro-informed consent and pro you. I'm not anti-birth control. I'm pro you and just being educated and aware of what's going on because I talk to tons of women daily and I hear from them that their doctor never told them what the pill was doing, never told them the impacts, what it can um, what it can contribute to, different diseases. And if they had known all that information, they probably wouldn't have gone on in the first place or they wouldn't have been on it for as long. They would have went on it more temporary and then found a long-term uh, birth control solution. So Yeah, that's my kind of little piece on that before we get started. I'm not anti-birth control, I'm pro-you, and I just want there to be more education around this because I was one of those people that was very negatively affected by the pill, and I feel like I was fairly lucky with how it impacted me. Some women come off and they have much worse uh, symptoms and much worse uh, long-term health effects. Um, But again, it all comes down to education Uh, being aware of what's happening and being able to support your body better and that's what I'm so passionate about. So anyways, we're going to dive into the history of the pill and so all of this happened relatively recently. If you look back at history, you know, uh, the pill and birth control has not really been legalized for that long when we look back um, in history, which is kind of crazy because it seems like something that we've always had, but really it's fairly recent. So we're going to go back to 1916. So Margaret Sanger uh, was a woman who opened the first birth control clinic in the U.S., uh, but unfortunately she was sent to jail shortly after because birth control was illegal back then. And so during that time where women were not allowed access to birth control and it was still considered illegal, they had alternative ways of finding their own methods of contraception and one of those was actually Lysol. Um, Douching was very popular and it was advertised as like a feminine hygiene product but it was actually being used as contraception and by 1911 there was 193 Lysol poisonings and five deaths because it causes burns, inflammation, and even, you know, death. That's really potent chemicals. I don't even use Lysol in my home to clean. But anyway, so it was it was marketed that it was safe and gentle for women to be using and blah, 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 blah. We're marketing this to women. Not only was it hurting them, was it um, burning them and just causing possible death, but it also was not effective. So in a 1933 study, they found that nearly half of the 500, around 500 women that were using the douching as contraception ended up becoming pregnant. So it wasn't even effective. So there, 
you know, p- they're putting this horrible chemical into their body and they're being tricked into thinking that they should be doing this, whereas it's actually causing a lot of bodily harm, which is kind of similar to like what's going on now with birth control pill. I mean, you hear deaths of people who have um, blood clots, like young, healthy girls who have blood clots and they end up dying. And a lot of times doctors, you know, they should be checking if there's a history of uh, stroke and blood clots in the family. And I've, it's shocking the amount of women that I've talked to that were on the pill and were getting really bad headaches or migraines. And they realized that, you know, there's an increased risk of blood clots and stroke. And they weren't warned. They weren't told the symptoms. They weren't asked if, you know, they shouldn't be on it. Because if you have a history of that in the family, you should not be on the birth control pill. So, Again, like we're constantly being the guinea pigs. We're not being honored and being educated properly. So that's kind of what it comes down to. But anyways, so they marketed it as safe, safe and gentle and as a great contraceptive uh, method. And again, it was total opposite of all that. And it was not effective. <laughs> um, and if you actually, you can Google this, you can read Lysol uses contraception and you'll read the old articles and the old ads. And it's just crazy that this was marketed as this like it's crazy I can't even wrap my head around it and so fast forward to the 1950s many drug companies started to catch on um, about birth control and they wanted to formulate you know create a birth control so they started to research how to create synthetic progesterone Uh, but the huge problem here was that it was still illegal and they had to figure out a way to allow it to be legalized they're like okay what can we do what can we say what can we market this as uh that's different than birth control but will still give people that birth control um effect so they decided to create this 28 day cycle pill you take where you have this bleed which is not a real period um but it's under this guise that it's going to be regulating and balancing your hormones which as we know is is far from the truth the pill is just adding synthetic hormones into your body you're taking mega doses of these hormones and when you stop taking them for that week the sugar pills your body goes from like withdrawal basically from these synthetic hormones that they've been consuming for so you know those three weeks so during that week you'll have that bleed I say this in quotes because it's not a real period it's your body withdrawing from the hormones and it's just kind of shedding this lining but it's not a real bleed it's not a real cycle because it's shutting down ovulation and ovulation is essentially the center of the cycle as we always kind of focus on the period but it's the ovulation that is the center of the cycle anyways won't go into that that's a whole nother podcast um so anyway so in the 50s they decided okay if we market this as regulating hormones again in quotes then we can get away with you know getting this legalized and going forward from there so that's what they did and so in 1960 the first oral contraceptive pill was approved by the fda as contraception in 1965 so five years later married couples were allowed the right to use the birth control however still millions of unmarried women were denied birth control which is so crazy and again like that was just in 1965 it's 2020 that's not really that far um off that we were giving those rights to married women but not to single women and what is also crazy about that is that in that time frame there a lot of families and a lot of just like society would disown women who got pregnant out of wedlock so again very very wrong and horrible but 
anyways, that's that's what happened. So in 1970, feminists actually challenged the safety of the original pill. So it had been out for um, quite a few years now, so a decade, yeah. And so they had challenged the safety of the original pill because back then, those the hormones they used in that first generation of the pill were very, very potent. They're still very potent now. We, we call it a low-dose pill, but they're still very potent. However, back then, they were extremely, extremely potent. So the feminists challenged it, and so they had to change the formulation of the pill. And then... They also began putting inserts into pharmaceuticals. So that was the beginning of having to have these inserts, the warnings, the side effects, the risks that had to be in drugs. So that really changed the pharmaceutical industry from that stance where we had to start um, telling people, you know, what this drug is going to do to you, not just like, oh, it's going to, you know, help your heart problem. No, there's all these other side effects that can possibly come from it. So that's kind of, that's pretty life-changing, honestly, that that was, you know, in the 70s, that's what happened. So fast forward to 1972, the pill is finally legalized for all citizens. So it took seven years to allow unmarried women to have the pill, not just married couples, which is pretty crazy when you think about that. It took seven years. So that is huge. And I think that that is something that we need to be really appreciative of that that happened because again, that's, I think in the seventies, that's when women started being very prominent in the workplace when they started to go back to work and not just stay at home um, and do the typical womanly traditional things, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's it's allowed us the freedom to have that choice that if we want to do that, we can, which I think is amazing um, that we have that choice. So that's why I'm really grateful for the pill because you know, if, if the pill was not invented and it wasn't allowed to be given to unmarried women and married women, I don't think that half of us would uh, be here in this place allowing to have this much freedom uh, in our careers in our family life now we have the choice that we can decide to wait longer to have kids we don't just get married have kids and that's like our life goals right so I think that in that aspect it was very very powerful very grateful for that Um, but on the other counter side I think that it's a disservice to women that we weren't told what the pill was doing we weren't told how it's impacting our bodies because it does impact over 150 bodily functions um, it impacts our brain like there's receptors hormone receptors on the brain um, it affects our mood affects everything like hormones play a role in all like our entire health and so it's really really important that you know, yes, the pill created a lot of freedom and it's done so much for us, but we also have to be aware and educated on what it's doing to us. And if you ask a lot of doctors, they probably can't even tell you what a normal menstrual cycle looks like and what the pill's actually doing. So I can do a whole nother episode about how the pill works specifically and how that could impact the body in different ways. But again, like I said in the beginning, my stance on the anti-birth control movement that's kind of happening right now is that I'm not anti-birth control. I do have clients and people that are still on the pill because they are taking it for its purpose, for contraception. I'm against it when doctors are just slapping it on as a blanket solution for PCOS, for painful periods, because it's just covering up the problem. And then down the road, five, 10 years, you get off of it, you're going to have more more issues because you suppressed 
the symptoms your body was trying to tell you that there's something wrong and that you need to focus on that and support the body better. So shutting down our menstrual cycle is not a solution to our hormonal problems. It is, it's contraception. And if it's being used for its purpose, then I'm all for it. But if it's being used as a blanket solution and being like shoved down girls' throats and given to them when they are like 14, 15 years old and then told that you can go on it for as long as you want, I don't think that's okay because we do not have any studies that are safely saying that you can be on the pill for more than 10 years, for 10, 15, 20 years. There is no safety studies on that at all. We are the guinea pigs, unfortunately. So anyways, that is... That's just a little bit of the history there, and I just wanted to kind of share this anti-birth control movement that's happening because a lot of people have seen that they are against it, and I do think that a lot of people assume that I am against it just from my Instagram because I am very vocal about the side effects of the pill and how it impacts you because I went there and I've been there, and my life completely changed when I came off of synthetic hormones, and I just want women to know what it can do to us and that, you know, it's possible to be free of synthetic hormones and you don't have to be stuck to them for your issues and that you can have other options. That's just my big thing. Um, another not so fun fact, um, but the WHO actually, so the World Health Organization actually classifies the birth control pill, the combined birth control pill as a class one carcinogen, which is equal to asbestos and tobacco. They are both in a class one carcinogen category, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. So that just kind of goes to show that the World Health Organization is classifying it as a class one carcinogen. And we are taking this for years and years and decades, which is absolutely insane. So just something to kind of put out there just to think about and just to be aware of, because again, if you're on it short term, if you're on it for contraceptive purposes, then that's the proper use. But if, you know, your doctor's just shoving it down your throat and saying this is your only option for painful periods or regulating your cycle there's a bigger problem there because it's not regulating your cycle as we know it's shutting down ovulation it's shutting down your normal hormone production and it's not allowing a normal healthy cycle to happen moral of the story is that you need to just be educated and aware of how things are impacting you before you take them so you know all the risks and you can do a true informed decision all right so we're going to wrap it up there because i could ramble on about this topic for hours seriously um anyways if you have any feedback or you'd like to leave a review i would so appreciate that and if you have any topics questions or guests that you'd like to see on it also love to hear that too so you can send me an email at hello at gabbyborgerink.com or shoot me a message over on instagram i will have all that linked below because i know my last name is hard to spell um anyways i hope you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening and i'm so excited to record all the next episodes. Anyways, I hope you guys have a great morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you next time.